You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU Athletics podcast. Part of the Locked On Network. I'm Stephen Simcox. Uh, host of the show and also producer at 1660 ESPN Central Texas. That is my day job. Appreciate you joining me today. Frogs are coming off a win against Baylor on Saturday. Uh, held on after a really quick start. Jumped out to the early lead and, and were able to make enough plays to get a victory 33-23. And now they turn their attention to Texas Tech. And we'll start looking at that game in the third segment. Kind of get a primer for the tech game look at a few stats look at some early numbers but uh, i want to start today's show by doing what i hope to do every tuesday at least through the end of the nfl season and that's take a look at how some tcu guys did in the nfl now last week we uh we got a great week because we had a lot of guys jerry hughes had a great game um jason verrett had a really good game not as much stat stuffing this week but still some interesting performances and i want to start with the game on sunday night and jalen rager returned to the field after injuring his thumb earlier this year uh, he's actually playing the cowboys eagles won 23 to 9 and rager had um three catches for 16 yards but most importantly he had his first touchdown uh first career nfl touchdown it was a little sort of swing route flat route he I think he started in the backfield and they uh, ran him out towards the goal line. It was a two-yard touchdown catch. So good for Jalen. This is an Eagles team. Man, Carson Wentz looks bad. Like I watched pretty much that whole game, and I don't know what's going on with him. He seems to have regressed since his first couple years in the league. Uh, he almost had another touchdown he had I, don't, I can't remember what corner it was but late in that game when Philly was up and they were just trying to kind of close things out he had a step on somebody but Wentz left it a little short and he had to come back to the ball and it was broken up but I think overall you know getting back in a rhythm uh, a good game for Jalen and I hope he does well I mean he was so exciting to watch at college both you know, at receiver in that punt return game, I think he has a great chance to be somebody that we can hang our hat on for a long time at that level that's going to produce and do some great things. Um, so that was his stat sheet. First career touchdown. Congratulations to him. That was cool to see on Sunday night. They tried to get him involved early, and I imagine the more he gets acclimated to things, uh, he'll he'll get some more production. Tough, tough year for him just getting that injury and having no training camp and no offseason going into the year elsewhere around the league obviously Andy Dalton didn't play he has that concussion they think he might be back next week and uh, just in time to get back Andy you're going to face the undefeated Steelers with a Cowboys team that's really struggling but we'll see they, they played Ben DiNucci this past week while while Dalton was still in concussion protocol um, Jeff Gladney had eight tackles against the Packers uh, and the Vikings won that game they were one in five going into it the Packers were heavy favorites they're having a great season, and they end up winning 28-22, so a really good effort by the Minnesota defense holding Aaron Rodgers to 22 points. And Gladney has had eight tackles on the game. He's got 31 tackles on the season. He's forced to fumble. He's got a couple pass breakups. Still looking for his first interception. Um, I haven't looked at how he's grading out coverage-wise. He's not getting a lot of you know passes deflected and that kind of thing, which is somewhat concerning, but he's definitely in the mix every single week and is making plays and is making a lot of tackles. So it seems like he's adjusting well to NFL life, and uh, that's that was his stat sheet on on Sunday in that win against Green Bay. Jerry Hughes had a sack. He had three tackles, a couple solo tackles, 
one sack and the Bills 24 to 21 win over the Patriots and the Bills are now 6 and 2. Uh good for Jerry man. He's been with that Bills organization for a long time. Obviously they've been better the last few years, made the playoffs last year. Uh, lost a tough game to the Texans, but looks like they're um they're in a good place now in the AFC East as they get a victory over uh, over the Pats, who are struggling with Cam Newton there in his first season. Jason Verrett in the 49ers. Um, they, got, they lost to the Seahawks. That final score was 37-27, but Verrett had six tackles on the day. Good to see him back on the field. He was one of my favorite players at TCU. I remember him locking up Odell Beckham at Cowboy Stadium. Um, he was just so fun to watch at that corner position. He's doing a nice job, finally healthy in San Francisco and getting a chance to play a little bit. So it's fun to see him back on the field. There were actually a couple TCU guys in that Seattle-San Francisco game as LJ Collier also played, and he only had one tackle on the day. LJ, man, I hope he figures out. It's been it's been a struggle for him, I, I think. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's a first-round bust, but I know he was hurt last year. He hasn't really gotten to the quarterback a whole lot. I think he only has one career sack. So rooting for him, I hope he – um, make some things happen, but it, it's been definitely a learning process for him at the next level as he tries to feel out and figure things out and get to the quarterback more. Um, that Green Bay Minnesota game actually featured three TCU players. We talked about uh, Jeff Gladney from Minnesota earlier, but Vernon Scott safety. Uh, he did not record any stats, but he's there in Green Bay. He's become a big-time special team tributor for them. And Ty Summers, uh, linebacker for the Packers, he had one tackle on the day. So um, a number of frogs in the NFL. Also got some offensive linemen playing. Matt Pryor for the Eagles, Patrick Morris with the Broncos. Um, but obviously, like, they don't really record stats, so it's hard for me to find out exactly how they're doing. I might have to start looking and see how they're grading out. Uh, Austin Slotman also with the Broncos. I, I might have to start looking on like pro football focus and seeing how those guys are grading out if they're getting starts and, and making things happen, but hard to, uh, hard to measure how they're doing because I just don't have, you know, those numbers in front of me of pancakes or anything like that. So, uh, those are some of the guys around the NFL, but overall, I think TCU is in a good place. You know, we're going to get to see Andy Dalton, hopefully for, eight or nine more weeks here, depending on when he gets back from this concussion. Jeff Gladney's done a nice job as a rookie in Minnesota. I feel like Jalen Rager's going to do a, a good job for Philly once he gets sort of acclimated again and starts to get in a rhythm and, and gets to play more. Um, and, you know, Ty Summers, Vernon Scott, they found a spot on this Green Bay roster. Uh, it, it's just, it's a good time to be a frog in the NFL. And Jerry Hughes has been a, a stalwart. He's probably been the most consistent player at that level over the past 10 years or so as he's been anchoring that defensive line in Buffalo for a, uh, for a long time. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Big 12. How did the other games around the league play out this week? And then we'll close up. We got some sad news uh, on, on the TCU basketball front, and we'll talk about that. And also we'll start getting you ready for Texas Tech and TCU coming up this Saturday in Fort Worth at 2.30. This is the Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. You always feel like you're on the go. I don't know, maybe you're headed to work this morning and you're listening to the podcast. And if you're like me, you're probably thinking, man, what am I going to do when I get home tonight once I get a chance to relax after I get home and get a chance to rest or after I get the kids in bed and turn on something to watch? Maybe you're going to try to find um, you know, some sports later this week to tune into. And when you get that uninterrupted me time, that chance to chill, you need to grab the beer that's made to chill. And that's Coors Light. 
It's uh, refreshing. It's cold mountain refreshment. It's cold lagered, cold brewed. Coors Light's the one I choose when I need to unwind. When you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And here's the cool thing. You can get Coors Light sent directly to your door at getcoorslight.com. Again, if you just want it sent directly to your door, you don't want to mess with lines at the grocery store, go to getcoorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU athletics podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you. Don't forget, wherever you're listening today, if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you'd subscribe. If you're on Spotify, I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe. And one great thing you can do um, that I think helps get listens and get some attention is if you're using Apple Podcasts, you can uh, review and rate me. And you can be honest about it, but I'd really love it if you'd just give me five stars. Uh, No, let me know. Give me some feedback. And I don't mind... I mean, if you don't like the direction this thing is going through the first couple weeks of it, I'm new to this. I'm open to suggestions. So you can tweet at me at Simcox Steven. You can also tweet at our show account at Locked on TCU and just say, hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to see more of this. I don't really like this segment. Um, I'm, I'm still figuring things out. So I'm open to what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of uh, as we kind of move forward and and I, I get a feel for, for what's going on. I want to take a look around the Big 12 and the other games. That went down, and I think the biggest the biggest result of the weekend was Texas beating Oklahoma State forty one to thirty four. Um, extend Tom Herman, give him ten more years. Texas, let him let him keep coaching. But in all seriousness, this this is what he does, and it's really interesting. When Texas back is against the wall in, in the Tom Herman era, and they're heavy underdogs, they seem to find a way to uh, to get victories, and they won this thing in overtime. Now, it, it's really interesting. When you look at the stats, if you just pulled up the box score, it looks like Oklahoma State dominated this game. In a lot of ways, they did. Spencer Sanders had 400 yards passing, and in comparison, Sam Ellinger only had 169 yards passing. Um, Texas had 118 yards rushing on the day. Oklahoma State had 130 yards rushing on the day. Tylen Wallace had 11 receptions for 187 yards. Texas's leading receiver was Jake Smith, and he had seven receptions for 70 yards. But here was the key in this football game. Spencer Sanders threw a pick. He threw four touchdowns, threw for 400 yards, also threw one interception. And Oklahoma State fumbled the ball four times. Now, they lost three of them, so they turned the ball over four times in this game, and that's just not a recipe to win. And they set Texas up in a great situation. So, I mean, what does this mean? Well, one, I pretty much think the Big 12, unfortunately, is out of the playoff discussion. Now, there's still a lot of weeks in the season left, but Alabama looks like they're probably going to run the table. Clemson, we'll see. Trevor Lawrence is not going to play this week against Notre Dame. But they'll, I, I imagine they might get the benefit of the doubt if they lose that game. Um, maybe Georgia gets in. You, you think there's a good chance they put two SEC teams in. Ohio State is going to be in the mix. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to get much consideration, but we'll see if Oregon looks really impressive in the five or six games that they get in before the playoff selection happens. Maybe they're in the mix as well. But Oklahoma State being undefeated was your best shot, and now they've they've dropped a game. They were sitting at six in the country. Obviously, they're going to fall now. And Texas and Oklahoma, with two conference losses, are suddenly still in the Big 12 title picture. And I really think this thing is starting to open up for the Sooners. That's where I feel and I'm seeing right now. And they just blitz Texas Tech 62-28. to The Red Raiders were coming off a nice win against uh, West Virginia. They were at home, 
felt like, man, this might be a, a game where they can at least be competitive. And it was never close. They went 62 to 28. Uh, OU had 213 yards on the ground led by Armand J. Stevenson, who had 13 carries for 87 yards. Spencer Rattler was 21 to 30 for 288 yards and two touchdowns. Barely broke a sweat out there. And this TCU defense, they are able to rush the passer. They keep things in front of them. They really haven't given up big plays. And that's led to um, what's starting to become an impressive unit, or at least a formidable unit. They had two interceptions on the day. Uh, they they turned Henry Columbia over twice. Bowman got back in there late. So I don't think there's really a quarterback controversy there, but but we'll see. I, I still like Columbia's – I feel like Columbia's going to be the guy in Fort Worth on Saturday. Um but Oklahoma has now just wiped the floor with TCU and Texas Tech in back-to-back weeks. They're four and two. They're three and two in the conference. That Bedlam game is coming up towards the end of the season, and you would think—I mean, OU's already played K-State, Iowa State. Um, they got past the Texas matchup. They don't have many tiebreakers because they lost some critical head-to-head games. But I, I just feel like OU is is starting to build some momentum and they're going to be a team that's definitely back in the mix when uh when the big 12 title you know um race comes along and, and the two teams that are selected based on their record uh, OU's right there now uh also k-state goes down will howard had done some nice things for a couple weeks had kept them in some games but west virginia um was able to get after him he threw three picks in the game and West Virginia wins 37-10. to 10. They absolutely dominated the Cats in Morgantown. I feel like when TCU looks back on the season, K-State is going to be that game that you say, man, we should have won that game. Like, that was a game you should have won because they only gave up 14 points on offense. The other touchdown for K-State was a pick six. And it was just, it's an opportunity against a true freshman quarterback in his first ever start to make something happen and they could not do it. Uh, West Virginia also slowed down Deuce Vaughn in that running game. Deuce Vaughn had 22 yards on the ground on nine carries. K-State only had 41 yards rushing as a team. That West Virginia defensive line is really, really good. And it makes me uh, very nervous about TCU's matchup with them because I'm not sure how they're going to block Darius Stills and some of those guys up front. Um, But they're a, a great position group and they get after people and they got after Will Howard on Saturday so we'll see if some teams can replicate that in case state you know starts to take a dip, but they dropped their first conference game with that thirty seven to ten loss to West Virginia and I just feel like the Iowa State loss for t c u is really frustrating because you sit there wondering, hey, why did Max Duggan not play in the first half like what's the reason as to why he couldn't get out there because he was so good and efficient in the second half, and the k state one makes you scratch your head just because um I mean that's a game that they needed to win. They they should have been the better team that day with what K-State was dealing with. They should have been able to just plug in on Deuce Vaughn and, and shut that offense down. And they did a pretty good job of it, but they gave up one too many big plays and just couldn't score. I mean, just simply couldn't score on offense. And that's what led to the loss. And finally, Iowa State beats Kansas 52-22. to KU's now 0-6 on the season, 0-5 in conference play. I mean, Iowa State dominated. It was never really a game. Kansas is very bad. They're so bad that it makes me nervous when TCU plays them because I just feel like there's no way I'm going to be happy unless they win by 60 points and they have a way of of, 
uh, struggling with Kansas in the past and playing these terrible games, even though they did blow them out last year, which was encouraging. So I'm sure I'll be a nervous wreck during KU week just because it's so embarrassing if you lose to that team. And if you win, it, it doesn't really mean anything. But Iowa State gets that victory 52-22. to So that was the Big 12 action this week. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. We'll come back and wrap things up. Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's talk about Built Go. Built Bars, we talk about them a lot on this podcast. Delicious protein bars that are healthy, um, are good for you. It's good fuel for your body. And the same people that made Built Bars also made this energy solution called Built Go. It's a small one and a half ounce package. And you can put it in your briefcase. You can put it um, in your pocket, in your workout bag. It's got three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It's similar to 5-Hour Energy, but the cool thing is it's mixed with some proteins. It's all natural. Um, it doesn't have that crash feeling that you get with some energy drinks or caffeine. It's, uh, it's made to give you a boost and then just sort of get you through the day. So next time you need a boost at work or before a workout, why don't you try Built Go? And if you go to visitbuiltgo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that promo code is LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go today. All right, Locked on Horn Frogs, final segment. Thanks for listening. Uh, tell your friends about this. Tell your family, whoever you, you think might enjoy it. Um, let them know about the pod. Tell them to listen to an episode. Maybe share with them your favorite episode so far. And let's try to uh, to grow the show, if, uh, if you don't mind. I wanted to pass along sort of an unfortunate and sad note here. Um, former TC basketball coach Billy Tubbs passed away earlier this week. He was at TCU from 1994 to 2002, and, I mean, Billy is really synonymous with TCU basketball. Um, his teams were very competitive. They reached the NCAA tournament once in his tenure. They made an NIT appearance twice. They won a conference title, and they had eight straight winning seasons, which is almost unheard of in the you know basketball program's history. Um, his teams were high-flying. They scored a lot of points. Lee Nalen, who uh, played for Coach Tubbs, shared this on Twitter. He said, rest in peace, my coach. You are more than a coach. You are a mentor, leader to me like a father. I love you always. And then he tagged uh, Billy Tubbs on Twitter and uh, TCU Athletics. Um, sad day for, for all those guys that played for him. He was uh, a legend in the industry. He also coached Oklahoma. Jamie Dixon New coach Tubbs, he had communicated with him in the past. I'm taking some quotes here from uh, Colin Post, who does a nice job covering TCU for TCU 360. Um, coach Dixon said, I always respected what he did at Oklahoma and Lamar, but then obviously I was so excited about him coming to TCU and getting to know him then. And actually, uh, Coach Dixon asked him for a job, and he was turned down. And when Dixon got the TCU job, he said Tubbs called him and said, see, Jamie, aren't you glad I never hired you? You would have never gotten this job. Um, and he said he had been communicating with Tubbs while he was in, uh, while he was in hospice care. Uh, Billy Tubbs was 85 years old. He was dealing with leukemia. He had been in hospice for about a week or so. But just really sad news. Prayers to him. Prayers to his, uh, his family for that loss and a legend of TCU basketball and really the first kind of coach you think of in my mind when you think of that program um, and had some really incredible teams, made the tournament once, made a couple of NIT appearances and had eight straight winning seasons. So rest in peace to uh, former TCU basketball coach 
Billy Tubbs. Um, closing up shop here. Let's take a look at this tech game and tech's an interesting team. Um, I mentioned that they're coming off a, a really tough loss to OU. They're now two and four on the year and one and four in conference play. Their only win so far this season in conference play was, uh, that win over West Virginia a couple weeks ago and they made the switch. Alan Bowman had been their quarterback for the past couple of years and Allen had dealt with a ton of injuries. He had that punctured lung his freshman season, dealt with some lung issues last year too, and just wasn't playing well this season. So they decided to go with Henry Columbia, who's a transfer from Utah State. He actually played under Matt Wells there and then made the trip to Lubbock um, shortly after Wells took the job. It's year two in the Matt Wells tenure, and they barely squeaked by Houston Baptist in their first game of the season. They won that one uh 35 to 33. Then they had that crazy game against Texas where they had the Longhorns dead to rights. They were up by two scores late. Texas scored, had an onside kick, scored again, forced overtime, and they lost 63 to 56 in that one. Kansas State uh, beat them 31 to 21. Iowa State beat them 31 to 15. Then they had that win over West Virginia at 34 to 27. Looked like they might have turned some things around and then had a, a really tough week against Oklahoma, losing 62-28. to 28. But um, this is a team that's given up a lot of points. Uh, they've given up 41 points per game this season. Now, obviously, you know, giving up 62 to OU and 63 to Texas has inflated that by a lot. But they've given up uh, more than 30 points in every game this year except for that West Virginia game. So is this a week where the TCU offense can finally put four quarters together? We've seen them put – you know, a half together. We saw them put a great performance in the first half against Baylor, a really good performance in the second half against Iowa state, a great performance against in the second half against Texas and, um, in the second or excuse me, the first half against Texas in the second half, they scored enough to win that game. But tech, I mean, they're still slinging it around. Like the, this Columbia guy is throwing the ball over the yard and they can still score. Now, they didn't score a lot against OU, but that game got out of hand early and sort of got away from them. So this cannot be a game where you sit on the ball. And we saw it last year. They jumped out to a huge lead against Texas Tech. That might be the best game that Duggan played his entire freshman year. He hit Rager on a long touchdown pass. He was running the ball. He was making plays. They got out to that lead, and then they took their foot off the gas again and just tried to – um, you know, sort of be efficient and get first downs and shorten the game and run the clock, and it didn't work. I mean, they ended up winning the game, but it was a late turnover that sealed it for them um, and, and got this thing done. So TCU needs to jump out to an early lead and, you know, keep the pressure on and make things happen. This is not a great defense. Your offensive line played fairly well against Baylor, and I thought that was a bad matchup. I mean, Baylor's not a great team, but they have a pretty good pass rush. They got some guys in William Bradley King um, and Jalen Petrie who got ejected early, but they got some guys that can get after the passer, and they weren't able to do that on Saturday against TCU, so that's encouraging. I mean, getting T.J. Stormont in the lineup, is that a big plus? I, I was curious about him. I think he's playing well so far have they solidified that position group a little bit and found some things that work? They're able to run the ball. I, you got to get the ball to Zach Evans. You got to get the ball to Quentin Johnston. That's the key. Those are the two most talented guys on this offense, even though they're young players and they're freshmen. Put the ball in their hands and, and let things happen. And can we win a home game? I mean, I thought about this today, and I feel like, you know, the home and away splits aren't as telling as usual just because of the capacity rules and not having as many fans in the stands. But TCU is now 0-3 at home this year. Um, 
I believe they only got two more home games left. They have this one and then Oklahoma State. There's only four games left in the season. They are uh, they're two and one on the road, I guess, or maybe two and zero on the road. I mean, they beat Texas and Baylor on the road. Yeah, they're two and zero on the road and zero and three at home. I'm doing the math in my head now. That's so weird. I don't know why this team plays better on the road, but they need to find a way to win a game at home. This is going to be their best chance against uh, against a Tech team. And if you want to finish the season and get to five and four and have a winning record, which I know is not what everybody you know envisioned when we went into the year, and that might be looked at as settling, but I think that's a good goal to have. Finish five and four. There's less bowl games this year, but I think having a winning record in a Power Five conference probably gets you a postseason game, and that should be where you're at that should be where you want to be and that you know going three and one down the stretch here is is the key to uh to getting that done we'll start previewing this tech game more and more as we go through the week we'll hopefully have some audio from matt wells and gary patterson on tomorrow's show uh thanks for listening today it's tuesday um november 3rd and this has been the locked on horn frogs part of the locked on podcast network your team every day